Hello and welcome to another edition of Back of the Grid. I am the captain of this ship this week. I'm Stu and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Chris. Hello. Who are you? Hello. I'm Stu. I said I'm Stu. He said, oh, yeah. I think, I, it, I think he's more that he's forgotten what ship. you look like. What you said. Yeah, oh, like. is that what he mean? Oh, yeah, because I've been away for a while. <laughs> First time yeah, I've been away. I've um, been here in some time. Oh, what, three weeks? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit. bit um, busy. Look, we've got busy lives, man. And I got sick. <laughs> I wasn't very well for one of them. If I'd been on that for. If I'd been on not last week, week before, you wouldn't have been able to understand the word I was saying anyway. So <laughs> there was no point me coming on. From your sick And bed. then last week I was away. Yeah, I was away on a lovely holiday in France. I saw um, Green Day, Weezer, and um, For That Boy all at the same gig. And it was awesome. It was like one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Followed by a week at a chateau, just getting some sun and swimming in a pool. It was amazing. Not bad. Nice. Yeah, not bad. But no one wants to hear about that. No, no one cares about my jollies. No. They don't want to know about my little my little holiday away. They want to know about Formula One and what we think of it. And my goodness, do we have a lot of Formula One <laughs> to talk about this week? It mm. feels like this race. I, I mean, last week, you know, Silverstone. I did see Silverstone, and my goodness, what a race! But um, we're here to talk about Austria this week, so. Let's get right into it. We've got quali, the sprint, and the race to get through. We're going to start with quali. Um, Chris has some notes for us. Take it away. Yeah, I I guess the headline from quali was both Mercedes crashed, which is not something I feel like <laughs> we've said for a very long time. Um, yeah, apart from when they crashed into each other that one time in Spain. Yeah, like literally other than that, I can't think <laughs> of another time when both Mercedes have crashed out of a race in recent years. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because they... Much like Silverstone, they seem to like have pace that was like at least have a one lap sort of close to Ferrari and Red Bull. Like the the gap that close seemed they seem to have sustained it for another circuit, which is obviously a good sign for them. Um, I mean, Toto sort of said the fact that they were so close would kind of encourage the drivers to push even harder, and that's maybe why they both made these yeah. mistakes. Um, yeah. I mean, it does seem strange that both, I guess, like, as they as they bring the updates to the car and as, as it gets better, you st- you're you going to be finding, because they're making such dr- drastic improvements mm-hmm. to it, it seems. I guess, like, you're finding your feet each time you go out in the car because it's going to change a lot. So you're not going to be as used to it. But for both, for, for both drivers to have made mistakes, it's clear to me that, like, they're not, they don't quite know where the limit is. On that car, especially and as they only had it's one obvious practice session you, as well before qualifying, yeah, it just yeah. makes the problem that much worse, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they found a limit at the worst possible yeah. time during qualifying and gone over it um, for <laughs> both of them. It was a shame, I thought, to see people cheering before either car had even come into contact with the wall. Yeah, on that one. I think normally when you see an accident unfolding, you kind of your heart is in your mouth and it's more of a gasp. And this was like straight up, you know, scoring a goal kind of thing in a football match. Yeah. It was just not not a good look. It was it not was the same look, as Silverstone last year when Verstappen crashed. It was exactly the same thing. And yeah. it just it just makes me feel it stinks, yeah, doesn't it? Don't like that one bit. Yeah. It's gross. Um, it's it's I, maybe we'll get into this later, I don't know. But like it feels a lot like like some of the fandom in Formula One at the minute is getting a bit football funny, oh, like oh, a bit nineteen we'll eighties football fan. Oh, just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. Okay. Oh, we'll get. I'll leave that for now then. Um, 
But yeah, um, big old impact yeah, for Hamilton. Um, Mercedes did really well to get both cars uh, fixed. It was like after Hamilton crashed, you get the obligatory shot of the mechanics looking like, oh no, we've got a long night ahead. And then immediately Russell crashed and it just like camera cut back to the mechanics a second time. Like, oh, our night just got even longer. Like they did really well to yeah. get both those cars um, ready for yeah. the next day. Bad enough with yeah. one, isn't it? But when you've got yeah. two in exactly the same situation, it's not a good sign. Mm. Um, and what a job they did. Yeah. Uh, other qualifying headlines. Um, so we had a lot. We had laps being deleted all over the shop for track limits, which is fair enough. Like you know, we're we're policing the circuit by the white lines these days. If you're not staying within them, it's an illegal <laughs> lap. Mm-hmm. However, Perez managed to just set a lap in Q2 despite going off track, and they sort of seemed to miss it. Let him go into Q3, and then went. Oh, actually, that was an illegal lap, but now it's too late because you've done Q3. Yeah. So they kind of, yeah. they deleted all of his Q3 laps and then also his fastest in Q2. So he ended up P13, even though P10, 11, and 12 didn't get to take part in yeah. Q3. It's a yeah, well, that's, it to me, have, that's messed up. He should have put Gasly in Q3, essentially. Yeah, yeah it? it should. And he didn't get a chance to improve his position. That's the, my biggest problem with this, is that Gasly yeah. didn't have his yeah. chance. And they seemed to be so hot on it, and they seemed to be picking him up so quick. And they were just a little bit... They, they were, for whatever reason, a bit slow to pick uh, up on that one. It just seems really strange. I don't know why it got missed, but I'm fairly sure that it, um, it got picked up because a Ferrari or a Mercedes or someone's um, had a little word and said, why have you not looked at this? And that's yeah, maybe drawn it's drawn the attention later because it's initially got me. Couldn't say why it's got missed, but I would say that... Yeah. Because, I mean, let's put it this way. The, the only person that, in theory, benefits from it below the, the top 10 is Gasly and Toro Rosso. Aren't really Taurus and Taurus and Alpha Tauri are not in the position to really be saying, "Oh yeah, the uh, the the big sister team just that's true stopped us getting through to Q3." They're yeah. they're not going to be the one. Like had that been Albon in the Williams, or you know, because he was yeah. not far behind, or Bottas in the Alfa Romeo. Well, probably not Albon because see... he's still on Red Bull. Oh <laughs> uh, so yeah, true, true. Quiet, but... but yeah, like from from a team perspective, I mean, like. Yeah. They would have had more reason to to try and make the argument. So I think it's come from higher up, trying to get him just kicked out of Q three essentially, and you know stick him further down the back like they did. But I mean, it's right if he was over the lines. He's over the lines. It's not. Yeah, I think it's not it, disputing thing, what like... what happened. It's more that it's a shame it didn't get picked up in real time like everybody else's. Yeah, yeah. But, for me, yeah. like if you're going to be that hot on it, then get all of them. Like y- yeah, you know your you, Formula One. Like they said, they fo- they said they were overwhelmed. Like they said, they had too many of them going on. And, if, and it's like, well, if you're going to police it so stringently, yeah, then get enough people in so you can do that. But I suppose yeah. they maybe they wouldn't have expected um, so many violations of it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, there must have been a driver briefing. It does. It seems strange to me that there were so so many. Maybe there's something about the sort of these cars and the visibility out of them and this track. That's the cool. visibility. Because like some, some of the there's a lot of like sort help. of like it's a very hilly track, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of um, uh, undulations to it. So yeah, 
I have kind of I have some sympathy for them, but I think if you if you know going into this weekend that you're going to be hot on it, then get extra bodies into yeah. look at the look at the stuff. Mm. And I mean, and it's, it's a done. it is a circuit that's kind of notorious for running wide, in particular yeah. in turns nine and ten. There's probably the of, worst of the calendar, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's always been bad for it. Um, mm. And I d- yeah, I don't know if it's something to do with the. The view out of these cars, or the way that they react with the curbs, but it's definitely having a lot more than usual. Um, yeah, it's the well. It's I think it's part of it's the winglet, isn't it? Over the top of the wheel is is possibly. blocking your view down the nose into because yeah. so, that that'd be like a gap where you could see where the line is, where down to the apex. <laughs> I mean, and ha- down having to the wheel contact patch. Having driven this car on this track in the game. I can safely say there were a number of times that I've had laps deleted by the game and gone, there's no way I was over the line and then done a replay and then gone, okay, maybe I was. So I feel every I think, single driver's pain and the re- I feel the reason they were complaining because I've been there myself on the game. <laughs> but I think some of them, though, were so, so, so marginal yeah. as well. Oh, like yeah. They were really, really, really tight. And I think like there's definitely, for, the, for there to be this many, including at the start of the race, there must have been so many that they would normally go, oh, you know what, it's marginal, we'll just let that go. And they just weren't, it felt to me like they just weren't doing that this this race. Like there, there mm. must be so many occasions where it's like, right, it's, it's parallel to the line. We won't give it, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Whereas today, there were, or, or sorry, on Sunday and Saturday, there was no sort of benefit of the doubt whatsoever being given. There was no wiggle room. Yeah, it's... which... At the same time, you know, I and someone pointed out that this out to me the other day. I've always been one of the people who says the the white line is the limit of the track. If mm. you go over it, it should be yeah. that you get in trouble for it. But this, I don't know, for for there to be this many, it feels like either something's changed and the drivers haven't been updated, or the drivers simply can't see out of the cars, or they're. They're just, I don't know. It just it's, feels I, like something's changed. I think, I think it's the element of trying to drive the track exactly the same despite a change in, in the cars. I think there's definitely an mm. element of that. Like the lap's not quite the same just because of the way that the cars are. It, it, so I think that the way that you have to use the curbs is very different in these cars, as we've already learned from a lot of circuits this year. And I think this is one of the few places where they can actually get away with really riding those curbs and they're just pushing it a bit too far. And what's happening is they're kind of getting maybe dragged out a little bit further as, as the bottom sort of, sort of starts to stall a little bit. They're maybe losing a little bit of that down, you know, because obviously they're running yeah. over the curbs and, and slightly stalling the floor. It's enough to just drag them that little bit further out than where they want to be and then having to kind of fight back in and, because they're in this so far over that white line already, it's just dragging them that bit further than it normally would, hence them being over the line. And I think it's maybe more an element of that in terms of the way that the new cars with the new floors react with curbs and, and when they drive over them at that kind of speed. Yeah. Hmm. I think I think as well it's the difference between policing have they crossed the line or not, versus have they crossed the line and gained an advantage or not. And True. The, the latter is obviously a lot more subjective, and that's kind of the approach I've taken in the past. Whereas this year, they seem to be far more. Have you crossed the line? Yes, it's an illegal lap, or it's a penalty, yeah. whatever. So, I, yeah, I think I think the two combined the the differences in cars, and then that 
is probably yeah. why it seems so and, far different because and, you've got a lot of stricter, the line is crossed, therefore deleted. And I don't hate that. Like, I don't mind that it's, you know, it should, I think the confusion in the past has come from that precise thing. Like, oh, did they gain advantage? Yeah. Yes or yeah, no? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, really, there shouldn't really be a gray area like that. Like, if, if the rule is don't cross the line and it's enforced every race, every single race weekend, then this is the point I'm about to make. If it's enforced every single race weekend, I don't think anyone would have a problem because people would know kind of the parameters mm. they're playing with and they'd understand what, what, what sort of the rule set is. Whereas... Yeah. Because we've had this grey area of did they gain an advantage or not, and because last weekend at Silverstone people were all over the shop and no one mentioned white lines <laughs> once, then you know you can understand why the audience, especially, are a bit like, well, hang on, why is this? Why you know, yeah. a bit miffed? Like, why is this suddenly an issue for everyone? Yeah. I, so yeah, I, really, really strange. I will say that was like a final thing on this. I think this is the first time all season we've talked at length about track limits. So on that measure alone, yeah. I think the new approach is probably an improvement on recent years. Yeah. You just caught me taking a sip of my head-sized wine. <laughs> that is a hefty glass of wine you got that. there. Yeah, it is. I know. I put, maybe put a little bit too much <laughs> in that one. So if by the end of this episode, I'm a little bit slurry, <laughs> then, then you know why. Um, um, couple, okay, move it. So where are we up to? So yeah, a couple of other honorable mentions on qualifying before we move on. Um Ocon, really impressive fifth place. Haas, sixth and seventh. And Albon, 11th. All very impressive qualifying drivers, I thought. Yeah. Which brings us on to the sprint. Yeah. We're back on a sprint weekend. Um, so, again, just to, we, we've got a million things to talk about, so I'll try and keep it quite brief. Yeah. But a few. Just before you get into that, I've hacked sprint races, by the way. Oh, yeah. I've, I've worked out how you do it. So, the trick is if for, for anyone out there listening who, who's not a huge fan of sprint races, the trick you do is you don't watch the sprint race live. You, you shut yourself off from the internet for in a in a chateau in France for as long as you can. Does it have to specifically and, be a chateau um, in France? Yeah, I think that's the best way yeah. because the internet in rural France is appalling. Um, you can't be tempted to check. <laughs> right. So you do that. You get home on the Sunday of the race and about... You kind of need to know roughly how long the race is. So ask one of your friends how long the sprint race was. And then you watch that immediately before <laughs> watching the Grand Prix. <laughs> and then it just feels like there's been a brief red flag and the race starts again. <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> it's not a bad way of watching it. And I discovered it entirely by accident. Anyway, carry on, Chris. The, the sprint race, Alonso. Um, yeah, so Alonso didn't even make it the start. He had an electric electrical issue, which meant they basically couldn't get the car started. Left him stranded on the grid. Um, undid all of his hard work. He would have started eighth, um, but went, uh, obviously, to last place. Um, Gasly was the other big loser from it. He, uh, I mean, to be fair, it was kind of on him, I think. He sort of moved across in, in actually a scarily similar three cars side by side to what we had in Silverstone. Gasly kind of moved across on Hamilton and just got spun out. Obviously nowhere near as dramatic as Silverstone, but I think that was on Gasly, to be honest. I don't know how well you remember the first lap of the sprint race, but Yes, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. I, it was kind of he, he kind of moved he, he did the old um I've got I've got a, a head past the car that I'm passing and now it's disappeared. That's what happened. Mm, it was a bit for looking right and turning left. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that drift across. Yeah. I mean, like you say, the, the outcome, he only had himself to blame, really, didn't he? Yeah. He's lucky he didn't cause anything worse, I suppose. But yeah, it is yeah. one of those just really nasty front wheel contact to rear wheel never yeah. ends well, and it seems like it's happening like quite a bit actually this season. We've seen a few like few of those so far this yeah. season, so, which again is probably testament to the divisibility from the cars. I would yeah. say, yeah, probably a factor. Um, Albon also quite a big lose from the sprint. He picked up a five second penalty for forcing Norris off track, which was probably just about warranted i think um it wasn't like super egregious from what i remember but it wasn't it wasn't great driving either um and then he also got tangled with vettel later in the race and i think that one probably was a racing incident but messy sprint for albon in general yeah yeah he made a bit of a pig's ear of the whole thing didn't he yeah Yeah, basically to boil it down um We've got a lot to get through, yeah. so we, we do need to rattle through this sprint race. The main excitement, I guess, came from Schumacher holding off Hamilton for quite a long time. Um, Hamilton did eventually get past, largely because Magnussen drove up the road and stopped giving Schumacher DRS. Um, it was, I would say, spirited defence from Schumacher. Some of it was a little borderline. Some of it was just cutting corners to defend, and he got away with it. But yeah. It was it was a nice little sort of team effort though, wasn't it? Because because he was staying, Magnussen was sort of going steady enough to to make the it was it was a really good example of using a DRS train to keep the car behind the car it, behind. It was <laughs> right up until it wasn't, and he just drove away and left him to fend for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, okay, I'm bored of this yeah. now. I'm going. Um, Perez obviously had opportunity to undo his um, poor qualifying. Um, he got to move up to fifth place. And obviously at the front, Ferrari just spent the sprint fighting each other and let Verstappen just drive away, which was pretty... Yeah. It made, it, I mean, it made the weekend look pretty ominous, didn't it, at it one really point? It really did. And you yeah. were sort of thinking, oh no, he's just going to like walk away with it because they're going to be too busy squabbling amongst each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, I think that the, I mean, the thing for me that stood out with this is it appears from what I've seen over the weekend, like taking the sprint quality and then the full GP into consideration is the Ferrari seemed better high fuel and yeah, the Red Bull on the softer compound lighter seemed better. And because, yeah. I mean, yes, fair enough, Leclerc had his issue, and we'll get to that, but like Leclerc had his issues towards the end of the race. But generally, it looked like Max had opportunity to maybe eke out a little bit more pace. I don't think he'd have ever caught him, but because the, the damage was already kind of done to his race from earlier stints. But yeah, yeah it was uh, it was interesting because the each race played to different strengths, I think. Like the sprint race played more into... Red Bull's strength, and then the full GP it sort of played more into Ferrari's strength. I yeah, guess. yeah. I think I think the Red Bull was just a bit quicker on the medium tire. Overall, yeah, yeah, exactly. In that, in especially that in that fuel. configuration. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, lower yeah. fuel that and that, that medium tire definitely suited the Red Bull more than the Ferrari. Yeah. And I think you saw that at the end of the actual to, to to skip ahead slightly to the end of the actual race. I think you yeah. did see, even though Leclerc had his issues. I think that. 
there was definitely much more parity between those two cars on the medium tire than there was on the harder tire. Yeah, definitely. But um, I mean, we yeah, saw let's it stick at, to the uh, sprint race for now. We saw it to Silverstone as well. Like uh, once Perez had got through the big fight at the end on low fuel and I think it was soft tires in that last stint, Perez was so fast. Like we've seen the Red Bull in the last yeah, like, quarter of a race be super fast so many times. Um, mm. But yeah, you're right. The Ferrari definitely, it's like the Ferrari's faster for the first half and the Red Bull's faster for the second half. And it's kind of where that crossover point ends up. It's kind of what's dictating, which is really exciting. Like it bodes yeah, well yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, can can I have some more of that, please, for the rest of the year? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Right, doesn't it? Um, so just to wrap up the sprint race, I my, my overriding feeling coming out of that sprint race was, what's, what's the point? Like why why are we doing yeah. this? Like we had we had a grid with Alonso up quite high in the mix would be really exciting. That got undone. We had Albon after yeah. a really good qualifying. He got stuck back to the back. Perez had a really poor qualifying, so we had the excitement of him moving through the pack. Nope, he was back exactly where he should be. And it's just like every, every pretty much every sprint now, it's been exciting qualifying, sprint resets it. And I honestly wasn't, like, as it turned out, it was a really exciting Grand Prix, but the sprint just left me less excited for the Grand Prix because it's like, well, I've already seen yeah. a lot of the things I was excited about already play out. Mm. Exactly, yeah. I feel exactly the same way about this one. I agree with you 100% there. I think, like, it's exactly what I thought after the race. I thought, right, well, what's going to happen now, kind of? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how, how is this going to be interesting? All the good stuff's happened. Um but yeah, let, we've we've moaned about sprints enough, so let's not dwell on it too much. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Right, we can talk about the race finally. And now we've hacked we've hacked them anyway. We know how to exactly. Watch them. Yes, well, we've just fixed so it. So next time, like, yeah. Uh, right. So the race, the Grand Prix. Uh, we'll start with Leclerc. He's... Oh, hang on. Before oh, we before we go goodness. into the race, just honorable men. Honorable mention to Alonso for still having tire blankets on <laughs> when the uh, yeah. thing because because of that electrical fault yeah. we had the bizarre situation where the car had been lowered onto the ground with its tire no, it was, blankets still was it not was it, was it, was it skids I think because I'm sure they just wheeled it away immediately and they just kind oh, of left it I, oh, I might I might be wrong but I I don't remember them putting the skids underneath it it was almost as though they just left it. And it's like, well, we haven't got time to move it, so we'll just leave it here and let everyone go around it. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Weird. I love when they just they cut to his on board, and obviously set the blankets on. It's like, what's wrong with this picture? Something's something's definitely yeah. not right. <laughs> um, it reminded me of the time because at first it looked because there was no sort of information. It looked like they'd accidentally left them on. Yeah, that yeah, was my stuff. Tire blankets on. Yeah, um, and it reminded me of the time when McLaren when Button. Mm. Um, it was the it was when the they left shaped. The, it was they left, left the, the bung things in, inside, in the bung. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just overheated. Killed his race on the parade lap. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we can move on to the race now. The race. We'll start with Leclerc. Uh, <laughs> first win since Australia, seven rounds ago, which feels like a very long time ago now. What? Um, he's not even yeah, been on the podium <laughs> for the last five races, so very much a result he needed. Um, after me and Tom sat here last week and said of the pre-summer break races, this is probably the one we expect Ferrari to have the smallest chance of winning. <laughs> they went ahead and won it anyway. Um, it's because everyone does the opposite of what we say. Basically, yeah. You're welcome, Ferrari fans. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was a really good drive. Really, really good drive from Leclerc. Uh, he yeah, it's very deserved. Pass Verstappen three times on track, albeit with not much defense being put up for at least two of them. But even so, he had to do it. 
Um, yeah. Then he had to contend with a stuck throttle for the sort of last 10 or so laps of the race. Um, and that I'm, was legitimately scary. Yeah, right? I've seen like some of the throttle traces people have found and it wasn't dipping below like 20% when he lifted his foot off. So yeah. to keep the pace he had and bring it home. What a horrible I feeling. Know. You're on the brakes yeah. and your car's just pushing through. Like, oh, no, yeah. no, no. That's like... <clears throat> There was a time years ago where my brakes froze on one of my cars Ugh. and uh, it was a really, really, really cold day. Take the car out of the garage, drive it down the road, put, pull up, like go to pull up to the junction and the car's just not slowing down. <laughs> it just still goes. Like, oh dear. And ended up like, it, luckily it was like, what, like half six in the morning, something like that. So it was really, really early. <laughs> And um, went to stop, and luckily the person coming the way saw and went around me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite a sh- slow road as well. But my goodness, it's a horrible feeling when you, when you push your brake pedal and your car's just going and there's nothing you can do. It's the worst. The yeah. only time I've experienced that is karting. When it happens in karting, it's just like nah, this hasn't gone well, has it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just chuckle. hello barrier. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it's just like the thingy meme from Simpsons with a with a chuckle. I'm in danger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, also the first time McClure has won a race from anywhere other than pole position which is say what yeah uh, kind of a wild stat but yes it drags him back up to second in the drivers championship 38 points behind Verstappen Um, uh, I mean so a bit bit slightly a little bit less work to do before um, yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean there's some opportunities coming up for him to sort of keep closing that gap if he can you know, this championship is far from over. There's a long, long way to go yet. And there's plenty of chance for him to sort of keep winning races, just reel him in bit by bit by bit. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I mean, it's, what, it's what needs to be happening, isn't it? It's like, I mean, Stu, sadly, you've not able to be part of the conversation in full recently, but like, it's what we mean you have talked about a little bit in recent weeks, isn't it, Chris, where they need to take advantage wherever they can to just even if it's just marginally eat into that gap to start a changing of the tide and then, yeah. you yeah. know, come back. In I think it's a slow like burn, man. Monza. Yeah. I think at this point in the season, it's a slow burn. It's going to, it's going to, it's just a case of chipping away at it. Yeah. And cause, yeah. cause Verstappen's not going to finish lower than like second, third. Like, although there is an opportunity, like science has, looks like he's finally come into form. He's having terrible luck still, but he's he's come into form and he's he's driving really, really well. He seems to have got used to the car. So hopefully between the two of them, they can sort of take some points away from Verstappen and sort of turn this back into a two-horse race or even a three-horse race, um, which would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just super good ride for McClure. Really impressive. Um, very much a victory he needed. Yeah. Uh, Verstappen, as we said, he was kind of easily... I think even without the Ferrari's dueling, he was easily fast in the sprint. But uh, it seemed like in the cooler temperatures, Red Bull just had much higher degradation, especially on the hard tyres than they expected and just couldn't match the Ferraris. Um, should have been third, if not for signs retiring, obviously. Um, but I, I, again, I thought he was a decent driver under the circumstances for Verstappen. He was kind of like Silverstone, like... He chose his battles. Like he didn't lose time fighting people. He was never going to beat, but he put up a defense when he needed to. Um, a decent drive in the circumstances, but obviously not what Red Bull wanted at their home race. No, absolutely not. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, especially not after putting it on pole in the fashion that he did. Mm-hmm. And because you got to remember as well, like in the first two sectors of that pole lap, just jumping back to that. 
he was down on his personal best. He wasn't even like yeah. personal best in the first two sectors. So where on earth he found that time in the final what, sector Tom? to to make pole? It's insane. Even even crazier than that. So uh, let me find the graphic. Here it is. So I've, I've you're gonna I'll tell take me it was like, crazy. You're gonna tell you're gonna tell me it was like you. literally turn ten that he made all the difference up, aren't you? Aren't you? He was behind until turn 10. It kind of was. Like, if you look at... So the mini sectors throughout the whole lap for, like, the the ideal taking all the best mini sectors together in qualifying. Um, mm. First sector was all Ferrari. Um, the Haas was faster for a chunk of the second sector. Ocon nicked a sector. Then it was all Ferrari again. The only places on the circuit Verstappen was fastest on in qualifying was um, the two sectors that cover turn nine and the straight towards turn 10. That's it. That's the only mm. place on the track he was fastest, and that was enough for him to get pole position. So turn nine, turn nine to the penultimate corner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The first the first sweep where you sort of it's very high lift and downshift, yeah. and then, yeah, yeah, that's then into very turn fast 10. Corner, isn't it? So literally he took pole position in that corner, mm. basically. Mm. That is it. But then, like, I've seen it before where the mini sectors are, you know, where, where your sector one and sector two aren't necessarily your personal best. It'll still show up yellow, even if you're like 100th slow. Oh, yeah, yeah. It could, it, could be, it could be marginal. But I mean, yeah. the, I suppose the other thing that's a factor here is we're talking about a one minute five lap. So, yeah. you know, one corner can Very make a huge lap. swing either way yeah. because of how considerably short the corner, uh, the, the circuit actually is. So, there's a bit of bit of both, isn't there? There's yeah. like, yeah, no, it, it could have uh, been like you know fractionally what? off very... his PBs, but it's yeah, a short track as a, well. I think you're right, Tom. I think that's a really, really important factor that you bring up there, actually. I, I hadn't thought of that. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Right. Should we talk about poor Carlos Sainz? Um, uh, I mean, I've, yeah, he's obviously about to take second place when... I've written down here when his engine exploded. Could have been a win. Could have, yeah, could even have been a win. And exploded is the right word. Like there were literally chunks of engine coming through the bodywork on the slow mo. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, the, you saw there's a frame where the bodywork is like expanded yeah. out from the car. If you like, what go back and watch that frame by frame. If you're a saddo like me, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can see the moment that engine goes, and it, there's like. It's literally like inches out. <laughs> it's literally blown the cover off and then like sprung. It's sort yeah. of sprung back into place. Such a big failure. Um, scary. Yeah. Scary, 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 scary failure that. Because like you're literally sitting on a. Well, I mean, you, you saw how quick it went up and there was where he obviously didn't know that it was on fire when he parked it necessarily. He would have heard the bang, but he wouldn't have known that it was it, was, it caught fire. And the fact that. He stopped it where he did, and there was nowhere. It was not a very safe place to get out of a car anyway, because you're on a hill. Yeah. Um. The, it was a little bit slow getting a marshal to him to get a chalk under it to get it to, to hold it in place. He. Mm. I'm, I'm amazed that they got it stopped. I was fully expecting to see that car roll back either onto the track or into a barrier. Yeah, me too. Um. Yeah, he would have been. I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but I, I couldn't help thinking at the time that it would he would have been far better just sticking it in the gravel. <laughs> the one time and, of the season, and, and leaving it doesn't there. put it in the gravel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just deliberately or, drive it and then jump. Yeah, out. I was, like, I was sort of screaming turn that corner a little bit because the the escape road goes all the way around the gravel trap, doesn't it? Like. Yeah. This, this but so he could just, he's just literally apply, no or... engine though, has he? He's coasting yeah. all the way up to that point. He, 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 in fact, that's probably what he's thinking. He's probably thinking, "I'll get it up to the top, 
get it swiveled round and through, maybe through the gate and they'll just get it stopped at the brow of the hill kind yeah. of thing. But it just didn't quite reach the brow of the hill. And it's rolling back and it's in flames and he's trying to get out and he's getting back in it again. And oh God, it was just not a nice thing to see. Yeah. That was really, um, really scared yeah, at that point. We'll, we'll take a quick dip into the inbox here because there's a, a question that relates to this. Uh, Connor Daly All wrote right. in to say, after Sainz couldn't get out of his car because he kept rolling down a hill, do you think the FAA should introduce some new rules about runoff areas being flat or the cars having the ability to permanently apply the brakes by via some sort of button? Um, and kind of, I have a very simple answer to that. Yes. Yeah, basically. Um, and kind of by extension of that, I've seen quite a lot of criticism of the marshals in that situation and to be fair at the time i was like let's need to be taking the time here but i have actually seen a couple of marshals online sort of giving their side of things um, not necessarily ones yeah. that were there but people know what they're talking about and they gotta wait they can't just run exactly out. that the biggest problem was it seemed you know obviously we don't know exactly how quick the tv graphics appear but it seemed to take a long time for them to call a vsc in what was clearly a situation that needed marshals to be it out should have been full safety yeah cars. and it should and have been full safety guys straight away that, that situation race race direction has to give them permission to be entering yeah even a runoff section of the circuit like that they can't they can't just come on and so it's not necessarily the marshals themselves that are at fault there it's you know no it's there's, there's a the lot marshals. of there's a lot of factors at play um and it, you know they, they've got to be told it's safe for them to enter the circuit and they're allowed to enter the circuit. I mean, luckily it's a, it's a long time since in Formula One, but the number of marshals that have been involved in unfortunate accidents yeah. because of entering circuits when they're not supposed to over the decades is exactly the reason that they do have to hold back momentarily until mm. they're yeah. given that green light to go. Do you want to know something though? Go on. And this is a reason why no one will ever let me ever be a marshal mm. is... If I could see that unfolding in front of me, yeah, yeah, hundred percent in my hands, yeah, I'm just running out. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I know. Because like, that, that cat, he's trying, he's on fire. He's trying to get out of it. I mean, just get out there, get a chuck under it, and and that's let the it unfortunate thing with some of the accidents in the past, though, over the years, is that yeah, that's that's always been the mentality. It's never been like it's always been a. I can see a really serious situation unfolding here. I need to go exactly, help, Sarah. And it, it, it's. It's just really sad when it when anything like that does happen, but the rules that are there are kind of there to protect the marshals themselves more than anyone. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and, and yeah, like we said, like so, I said, that's exactly but, why I'll never be a marshal because yeah, I'm yeah, like, and quick to... like I, I I don't like blame being thrown at their doorstep. Just it's not their fault. It's no. you know, there's like I said, there's far too much at play. So yeah, I yeah. think it's it's race control. It's the, the simple thing is, you, as soon as you see that on foot, we saw like the cameras are all fixed on Sainz's car. He's clearly retired. It's definitely not going to, it's obviously not going to stop in a safe place. That's a, that's a neutralize the race situation straight away. Yeah. That is a safety car situation. 20 seconds, 30 seconds before the, um, maybe not 30 seconds, but a good, maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds before the car even, before you even see a flame. Yeah. That is a safety car situation for me. Yeah, minimum. Min, I they mean, minimum that straight away is just bizarre. Mm, Mi yeah. Minimum, like if it if it's rolling to a stop and it's not on fire and he adequately stops it, it's probably a virtual safety car, like like it was. Um, the minute it started unfolding the way it did, it's a lot nearer. You know, when it's like 
rolling back down the, the hill and stuff, it, it's, it's very quickly turning into a full yeah. safety car, isn't it? Yeah. Like, and all, all they have to do is push the button. They just have to say, yeah. push the button, safety car, yeah. safety car. Everyone slows down and the marshals can go running out and get the job done. It just I mean, took race control far too long yeah, to do that. Yeah, it's like you say that, well, I, oh, sorry, it might not have been you, Stuart, it might have been Chris. Like, we don't know exactly how long it takes the graphics to to update on like the timing tower that you see on TV. But it's all for, synced for, up. It's all for, synced up. For all intents and purpose, you know, there's... It's it's only a yellow flag whilst there's a there's recovery vehicles starting to come out onto the circuit. And it, obviously it could be to do with timing of the clips and stuff like that, but there's that big um it's not Jeep, is it? That that huge recovery vehicle thing coming out yeah. to, yeah, to yeah. kind of get around behind it. And as as far as I remember from watching it, the virtual safety car wasn't thrown until after that was already on the circuit. And when we, what we've learned in the past is that the whole point of the virtual safety car is supposed to be throw the virtual safety car to neutralize anything before anything like that yeah. is brought onto the track. And yeah. it was like done the wrong way around for me mm-hmm. in that scenario. Yeah, there was, totally. a, there was yeah. a lot of sort of questionable things going on from a race direction point of view in, in amongst all that, that maybe the FIA need to sit down and just have a look yeah. at the order that those events unfolded and reassess what yeah. was going on because yeah, fair enough. The car wasn't on visibly on fire until it got to the top of the runoff and stopped. But it's kind of beside the point. You can see that he's going to stop somewhere on there. You can see yeah. that the vehicle's going to need recovering, and you can see that the engine's gone completely, regardless yeah. of if it sets on fire. You can you can see what if like we if we can all see it as fans that watch the sport <laughs> regular, yeah, exactly. surely a race director and race control should be able to work it out. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Couldn't yeah. agree with you more. This is the episode where Stu and Tom agree on everything. <laughs> and uh, I just want to like... point out Wes's comment in Discord chat. It's not like Ferrari engines going pop is a surprise. They should be ready for this. Savage. Absolutely savage. The, um, the other thing I've seen around on this, and again, this is kind of anecdotal. I've not, not seen any evidence for this, but anecdotally I've seen chatter that they were a bit low on the ground in terms of marshalling numbers like post covid mm. they've been struggling to get the same sort of numbers of marshals in previous years which kind of all really? comes back to the bigger discussion of why on earth is the pinnacle of motorsport only possible when you have a bunch of volunteers and why aren't <laughs> these people paid and trained for their yeah, work like, they should be paid yeah. but that's well, a much bigger discussion i mean that- I mean, when they're selling the TV rights to Disney Plus for 75 billion or million, I think it's million, it might be million. No, I think it is billion. I don't know. 75. I need to to do a quick fact check. You You you, guys carry on. You check what you you want to say. Yeah, you do that. Well, uh, what I was going to say is like, regardless of the whole um, sort of paid versus volunteer scenario, like without the specifics of that. I'll, I'm going to tell you now, if you'd have put um, like sort of a call out to the different marshalling authorities, whatever you want to call them, across different circuits in Europe, I'll guarantee you there are regular marshals at multiple circuits in multiple countries that would have gone, yep, I can be free this mm-hmm. weekend, sort me out my travel and yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. And they could have, they if they were that that short on numbers and it was that much of a problem... I'll guarantee you there'll have been British marshals that have just done Silverstone weekend. There'll be French marshals that are prepping for like 
a couple of weeks' time at Paul Ricard, it, there would have been people that would have been more than yeah. happy to give up their weekends to go and marshal if the travel arrangements could have been made for them, if, if, if they knew that that was the situation. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think the problem you've got there is you, you, that would require circuits to communicate with each other, which is just never, ever going to Or the FIA to um, do something logical. Yeah, 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 all that, which again, equally unlikely to happen. Um, the, it's, 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 it is million. It's million. So the, the, it's a 1,500% increase on the cost of the rights the previous year. Um, Dis- I think it's Disney. Yeah, it's Disney. Disney have paid basically between seventy-five million dollars and ninety million dollars for the rights. I haven't seen this because originally because Netflix were talking about it for a long time and Amazon actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I think that's where this has come from because they were they were all sort of tug of war yeah. each other to try and get it. And um, yeah, they, it's finally happened. Disney have got it, <laughs> and um, and they. Yeah, absolutely, Marshall. When when there's money like that coming in yeah. from just just from selling the rights before you even got to any sponsorship of races, before you've even got um, promoters fees and stuff like that, or like just hosting fees for countries, like yes, the, the Marshalls should be getting paid. It's you know they're using yeah. they're they're spending this mentality of like we can get people to do things for free for yeah. us just absolutely stinks mm. inside Formula One. It's not on. Like yeah. These people are putting their lives at risk. Give them some yeah. bloody money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, so rant over. Let's, let's go on. Right, let's, let's test the uh, Tom and Stu agree on everything episode further, shall we? Let's talk, oh. about, Russell, let's talk about Russell and Perez coming together. Um, oh yeah. my God. Once easy, again, a Red Bull and a Mercedes came together at turn four and Red Bull came off worse. Um, Russell got a five second penalty and two points on his license for it. Um, Ridiculous. I'll give you what some Insane. some of the people involved thought first. Russell said it was a harsh penalty, thought it cost him a potential podium. Uh, Perez reckoned he was far along, uh, alongside to get, like, deserve the space and that Russell didn't control his car well enough. Christian Horn obviously agreed. Mm. Helmut Marco, interestingly, criticised Perez and said before the race they discussed the fact that going for a move around the outside of that corner is just not worth the risk and that he thought Perez was silly for trying it. Um, Christian, oh my God, um, I'm about to agree with Helmut Marco. Yeah, what, Helmut Marco what, what, going back to what his... What world do we live in where Helmut Marco <laughs> makes the most sense? Going what back world to his classic this? form of um, <laughs> criticise your own drivers, particularly if they're in the number two seat. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> so, without getting into all of the other, like you know, talk about consistency and whatever, this incident on its own, what do you think? Stupid I think, penalty. Yeah, I well, you can see when you watch both on board, you can see Russell's hit the apex. Er, admittedly, an early apex, but he's hit the apex. He's, he's in fact, he's like two wheels over the curbs, so he's well on, well on the inside. Um, at the point of contact, there's like two cars with Sivas on on the left of Perez. So it's quite clear that this is a case of Perez has got a nose ahead and forgot there's a car behind him and moved in place. There's no, Russell can't put any more angle in because if he does, he's understeering into him anyway. So yeah. Perez just got too close. It's a racing incident. Yeah. And he, yeah, there's absolutely no way that's a penalty for he, George Russell. It's he, outrageous. He's, he's definitely a racing incident and it's... Like, it's a situation where Perez has squeezed him to go around the outside and that, in essence, in George's defending of that position, has put him on the curb, which, if Perez thinks about the situation that he's put Russell in, 
He's put Russell on the curb, which has already compromised him in that corner because he's he's on the outside. He's put him on that inside. He's put Russell on that inside curb, and he's got the the drive on that outside line out of the corner. He's already won the corner by squeezing yeah. him any further over like he has. He's only got himself to blame for what ultimately yeah. happened because he's not thought about oh Russell's on the inside curb. He's going to be coming back out at me. I'm going to just stay away and get my foot down. He's like just over squeezing. That's all he had to do. Exactly. Yeah, he, just, he, he was already ahead. It was clear yeah. that it was already ahead. Russell was not. Russell was turning into the corner. At no point did Russell change the angle of his steering wheel to no, go it, towards it, Perez. It was you purely know? Perez squeezing him as much as he did that's caused the understeer that George has had because he's like bounced on that inside curb because of how... Yeah. It's, it's not that Perez hasn't given him enough racing room because there is enough room for the car to get through there. But for me... The, the the silliness is putting a car on a curb like that in a co- in a corner with that kind of odd camber that it has where it sort of it almost starts as like a a, a camber that's fallen away to to then like an inside camber and it, it's a very the, the topography of the corner is very weird isn't it it like like i mean helmet himself said it's not a place that you'd really expect. It just flings to be... you out. It flings. Yeah. It flings you wide. It's it not. A, you it's not a place exit. you'd expect to be trying to put the car around the outside. I mean, yeah, it's well, lap one. It's fair, but that, that's another reason that I feel that a penalty is harsh because it's lap one. You know, yeah. cars well, yeah, aren't going through that, there yeah. side by side. It's lap one, and also like later on, Gasly. It, this sort of got overlooked on the broadcast, but Gasly did the exact same thing to to Vettel. Vettel, I was about to say, yeah, it was a ra- deemed a racing incident. If, it was exactly the same. Well, no, incident. Russell, suddenly it's a racing. Gasly, Gasly got no, Gasly got a five seconder as well. Yeah. Oh, did he get a five seconder? He got, penalty? The, he got, he got the same penalty. But as I said at the time, like if what Russell did is worth five seconds, then Gasly should have got a drive through for the way him and Vettel went down. Like. Well, that was Gasly's so was a much, much more clear, yeah. really flagrant. Completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I said similar at the time as Chris. I, I said, if that was a penalty for Russell of five seconds, then that's a minimum of 10 seconds for Gasly because Gasly is far more reckless and like less consideration for the guy on the outside. And Vettel yeah. gave him more than enough room in the same way Perez should have really been doing with Russell on that one. Yeah. it was. I think Gasly's was a very clear... Elbows out, you get into yeah. the gravel, kind of thing. Whereas, according to race the point control, of contact, the same thing. That's was, the thing yeah, that baffles yeah. me: is that they deem those two incidents of the same level of responsibility and punishment. Which is, as as I, again, as I said, as a yeah. time I quoted Mr. Alonso, it's a yoke. <laughs> Five seconds, it's a yoke. <laughs> it's a yoke. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I kind of agree. Like, it, it was a racing incident, ultimately. Like, I, I do think yeah. Russell did understeer out into him a bit. I think Perez was trying on a move that's always going to be risky and it just bit him, ultimately. Racing incident. Yeah. It's a racing incident. It's, it's never, never in a million years is that a penalty yeah. for me. And I, and I would say exactly the same if it was the other way around as well. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's just it's nothing to do with ridiculous. the drivers. It's to do with yeah. the position the of the cars on the track. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The objective positions. Of, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 12, yeah, 12 this like ridiculous. out a little wider then. Uh, another couple of dips into the inbox. Uh, Paul asked, <laughs> in light of your response to last week's question, which you all remember, Stu, but Paul asked about um, the <laughs> sort of track limits and pushing people wider and overtaking with stuff going <laughs> to Silverstone. Uh, thoughts on this week's yeah. penalties for drivers being pushed wide and why they didn't apply one week ago for a similar incident. 
and McCheco asks, which method of stewarding do you prefer, Silverstone or Red Bull Ring? <laughs> That's a good question. And, um, and this is the wider problem, isn't it? It's complete inconsistency. Like stuff that yeah, was yeah. totally fine at Silverstone a week ago is now being given penalties in Austria. And yeah, they, it is this alternating system that they've yeah. got at the moment, isn't it? And it's very clear to see you've got two very different mindsets. Yeah, and <laughs> to steward in. And the even bigger problem, which is what Vettel and Alonso apparently got very heated in the driver briefing about, and uh, Vettel actually got a fine for storming out of the meeting, is that yeah, because you've got this rotating cast of stewards, and you've now also got two different race directors. When stuff like this goes on and the drivers have questions and concerns, that turn to the next race, none of those same people are there. So it's like, oh, I can't help you with that. Yeah. And just yeah, yeah. there's no... Um, no accountability. Yeah, no accountability at all. And it's no wonder the drivers are getting frustrated with this because... Like, it's maddening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine it if you're in that situation where, like, you're told one thing one day. Any, anyone, you know, we've all been in situations where it's wrong, one rule for one person, another rule for someone mm. else, kind of thing. And it's the same kind of frustration, I guess. Like, you, you know, you tell that it's moving the goalposts, isn't it? You say you hear one week, oh, I've got to do things this way, and then the next week, it's oh no, you've got to do it another way. And it's like, well, hold on a minute. Last week you said this, and now you want me to do this. Like, which, which is it? Yeah. yeah. Which it's weird as well because they seem to be this year they're being so strict and consistent with track limit violations, but on the rules of racing. Well, they're, they're not just, though, are they? Well, they they kind of are. I, th- I think it's just that this circuit it's happened more often because of the nature of the circuit. But they have been pretty consistent throughout the season of if you leave the white lines, you're off the track. Whereas the rules of engagement just seem to change week on week. It's like the driver, how the driver's supposed to know what they are and aren't allowed to do in wheel to wheel racing. It's, yeah, you can totally yeah, get the driver's frustration with it. Yeah, if I'd be very, very, very frustrated if that was yeah, me. Absolutely. I'd feel really, really annoyed. Like, there's, there's nothing, it's, it's almost hypocrisy. Like, it <laughs> won't. But but obviously it's not hypocrisy because it's, it's it's different sets of people. So one person can't be a hypocrite of another person. <laughs> but the the in essence, if you think of the the referee as an individual, you would expect the referee as an individual to encompass everyone underneath one umbrella, yeah, if you like. Completely. So whoever's stewarding should be playing to the same rule book. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at the moment, it feels like there that isn't the case it feels like you've got one set of guys implementing the rules one way and then you've got a whole another set of guys implementing the rules in a in a in a different way and it does make you wonder like is there any communication between these two teams who uh, who are alternating every it week doesn't you feel know? Like, like does it at the moment it's, no. well it's clear isn't it that there isn't like yeah. otherwise you wouldn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't have drivers like sebastian vettel walking out of drivers briefings well i mean if they were I've, if, I've, if there was consistency i forget who it was in the discord but they said earlier on today that when vettel and alonso are agreeing on something you know something's really gone wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well i don't know they're getting a bit older now they're like, everyone mellows out yeah they're a bit older in the tooth um, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah yeah um i uh, uh, yeah, I, I, the rules of it's definitely this rules of engagement thing is just it's not something needs. It, no, something. it's confusing for the fans. Yeah. Like if you're new, there's a lot of people who are new to this sport at the moment, and this kind of thing 
is damaging. This yeah. kind of thing makes them, it pushes them away. People it, are like, well, hang on a minute. I thought I knew this and now I don't know this. What's going on? Yeah, it's exactly the reason that they weren't fans in the first place because yeah. they looked at it and were like, well, I don't get what's going on. Like, why is that a penalty? Why is that not a penalty? Like, yeah. so on and so forth. Like, it is exactly that. Well, like yeah. it's the problems. stuff that like it, it, that, that was always uh, that was always a big big obstacle. The complexity of the sport was always a very yeah. big obstacle for for new new fans and new people coming in. Yeah, and exactly. We, we'd managed to like we, they, they'd done a really good job of like sort of simplifying it for a while, and that that's I think is you know Netflix aside and all that business, which has been a huge benefit to Formula One. One of the good things they've done over sort of a few years is just kind of like a little bit more simplification like like the tire rules for example like they've made it yeah. so it's just a soft medium hard and the, you know they've got that sort of stuff right rather than having a rainbow of ultra tires. soft was it a rainbow yeah the tire rainbow um so that stuff they've got right but now they seem to be like falling back into this weird world of we do things one way one week and another thing yeah another week well like it's just strange to go back to your point like silverstone's the only race in the uk that's free to air live for anyone to watch there will absolutely have been people last weekend where that would have been the first grand prix they ever sat there and watched live and imagine if someone's yeah. like oh this was great fun i'll watch again next week and then they watch this and they're like well why why, why is all is the rules now completely changed yeah. like what is this bizarre <laughs> um Right, I'll move aside. Just to, why, is, why is the penalty? <laughs> just to wrap up Russell and Perez, uh, Russell obviously managed to recover back um, from his five-second penalty to finish in fourth place. Some of the Discord asked where we thought he would have finished if not for the penalty, and I think the answer's probably still fourth. <laughs> um, yeah, probably still yeah. where he was. Yeah, Perez ends up retiring because um, the damage he sustained was just too much for him to make any progress. So, yeah, disappointing for him. few others to mention... Uh, Ocon here a season best fifth place for him. Um, he Ocon was just basically good all weekend, like qualifying, sprint, and the Grand yeah. Prix. He was just very good and consistent. Um, he's now helped Alpine draw level with McLaren and the constructors. Um, and based on current form, I think they will be creeping ahead unless things change sometime soon. Um, Haas next, the second double points finish for them in a row. Um, they now climb up to seventh in the constructors, despite having bought pretty much no major upgrades yet. Like they just seem to be finding. I think they've just performing. figured out. Their yeah, car. they really have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, and I'm really excited to see what they do in um, France as well. I think they'll have a really, really good race in France. Yeah, I think they've said they're going to have their upgrade. If not for France, then for Hungary, they've got an upgrade coming. So, um, yeah, interesting to see where they'll get. Uh, career best sixth Exciting place for Schumacher as well. Um, and seemed yeah, amazing job, Schumacher. On pace, if not faster than Magnussen, for pretty much the whole weekend as well. Um, yeah, and the crap we've been giving him this last week, been, this last few months. But we've said we've the been whole giving him time. Such it's like he needs to, he needs to get those first points, get that off his back, and he has. Like the second yeah. he's picked up those get points, he's, just he's finally done it. Yeah. Seems to have come to life. Like it's really good to see. Um, I think his racecraft still is a work in progress. <laughs> as I said earlier, some of his defense was. Uh, Young though, isn't he? But no, yeah, really I, young. No, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. To be fair, like I think he was, I think he was like, yeah, very close to the line, but I don't think he ever really crossed it. Like, don't get me wrong, he pushed his luck, but he pushed his luck within reason. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, basically enough to like agitate that driver behind him and get him saying, oh, he's, he's moving a bit under braking here. Like, it's not the first time that's come about from a comment about Mick, but I've never personally really seen him move under braking. He's just made his move very late before he breaks. Yeah, and, and that's technically allowed. Like, and, that, and, and who who is the king of that? <laughs> yeah, I was about I was about to say. It. So, yeah, like I've enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah, and sort of really happy that he's appears to be finding some form. Um, Me too. And being able to get the best out of the car. So, I, I mean, long may it continue for me. Yeah. Another quick inbox dip from Simon Molyneux. Uh, Mick Schumacher has been a slow burner in junior classes before achieving success. This seemed like a very, good strong, very strong weekend in many areas. Can Mick develop to join the ranks of the F1 elite? That might be getting Ooh. a little ahead of things, but... Um, I think... That's a, that's a very good question, though. I, th- I think if he can keep sort of this upward trajectory going and get himself in a decent car. I think he would be eventually, I think he would win a championship, but I think, it, I don't think, I think it'd take him a long time to get up there. I think yeah. he, he's, cause as we've said before, it takes him a while to get used to a formula. So mm. I don't know, maybe like with formula one being a different car every year, he might struggle. He's not like arrived but, on the scene and just been amazing. Like, Hamilton, Leclerc, Verstappen have done. Like he's he's definitely yeah. In. Like as a, as a first I, step though, like I think if he has another one or two races like this before the summer break, then he'll probably have next year signed by the time we come back. From the yeah. Summer oh break. yeah, yeah. It's, I think if you you know what, just to just one thing to say, and I'll let you go in, Tom. I yeah. think if if he was to get into a top team and he was to get given a car that he hit the ground running with straight away and you know, was able to score points off the bat and was was comfortable off the bat, then yeah, I think he would win a championship. I don't realistically I right now from what I've seen, I don't think there's more than one championship, if any, in Mick Schumacher. I think there's still a lot of work to do. But um, you know, he's a young driver and there's a long way to go yet. So we'll Yeah, see. I mean very similar sort of line of thought as to where I was gonna go with it, which is if I sort of feel like now, if he was given a a car capable of challenging at the front, it's not quite the same as like I feel when Leclerc, Max, Russell all got their drives of it's almost a matter of time until they win a championship in the in this team. With Mick, it's more of a he'll definitely win races, but I don't know if he'd be able to like see out a full championship or at least like you say uh, not multiple like maybe yeah. one if the circumstances played out right maybe one yeah yeah that's the uh, he's on the sort of he's, he's on, on the that mark Webber path yeah he's on that yeah. mark Webber path i mean David <laughs> path. He's, as, he's, as he's, much as i love carlos signs it's kind of what i feel like science yeah, like, yeah. science is in that ferrari science will now i think go on and win more races in that ferrari providing it doesn't keep setting on fire <laughs> But I don't think Sainz will ever win a world championship because, yeah. I mean, unfortunately for Carlos Sainz, I don't think Ferrari would ever let him, <laughs> even, well, even if, uh, yeah. like, given the situation. I think... But I, I just, I see him as a race winner, you know, plenty of podiums to his name by the end of his career, just not a world championship caliber driver. 
I love this is some like well. serious. This is some serious futurology. Uh, yeah, futurology though, because yeah. like he's got another 10, 15 years in his hundred percent. Like, um, and you know what? It's one of the many situations of this podcast. I am more than happy to be proven wrong because <laughs> out of like, yeah. out of like sort of favorite drivers on the grid at the minute, like he's one of them. Him and Lando are like probably my two favorite drivers right now on the grid mm. in terms of like who I like just just generally, regardless of. You know, if they were both trundling around in at the back in like the Aston Martins, I'd still support both of them because I I, I like them both. So yeah, they're, they're character drivers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think he he's going to be around for a long time. I think yeah, Mick Schumacher. I think if he can, especially if he can sort of like now he's found his groove, or if he has found his groove, I think he is the kind of driver that maybe there's an element of because his name, but. He will be around for years and years I mean, and years. He's got Ferrari in backing, one. which is not a bad place to be, is it? Yeah, that's always a good place to be, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You were Ferrari laughing at you, and... What's funny? What are you laughing <laughs> because, at? Because in my head, as soon as you said he's found his new groove or whatever it was, all I could think in my head was Schumacher's new, new groove. groove. <laughs> like, as an Emperor's yeah. new groove. And I was just, just like, like a it, it was just like, I was just sat in the back of my head, just going, just on Schumacher's the back of the new car. groove. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing what Hass's social media is like, if any of them listen, they'll be on that straight away because they'll love her. If it, if it happens, the Top Gun posters proof. they were making this weekend. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> They've got. They must have. That they've got. They've definitely got a guy that they can oh, yeah. do. Any, anyway, right, anyway, anyway dragons anyway, kicking that's, up that's screaming. Very, that's very race. meter. Yeah, let's keep going. McLaren um, had one of the more miserable Fridays <laughs> we've seen in a while. Um, Norris had brake issues and was just missing corners left, right, and center. Uh, Ricardo was having DRS issues all through practice. Qualifying, the army ended up fifteenth and sixteenth. Uh, but then sprint race, uh, they both got four places each. Um, then grained a few mm. positions each to finish seventh and ninth in the Grand Prix. Um, only the third time this year they've both scored points in the same race. Um, Norris could maybe even have been sixth if not for his five-second penalty for track limits. Um, yeah, it seemed a slightly happier car on race conditions, but um, still... Yeah, better race pace than quality pace, but still not, not a happy really all together, is it? No. no. I mean, have you seen the video of Lando... Giving the finger to the to the car. No, yeah. <laughs> weird. Wow. He's like he's he's driving along. I think he's coming out of turn one, and he just literally like gives turn the finger three. to the wheel. Is it turn three? Sorry, turn three. <laughs> and just you like... can understand because that turns a bitch. Well. That's such a horrible corner. It is awful. Um... It's great, but it's awful. Um, yeah. And then last drive to mention Alonso. Uh, despite his sprint race nightmare, he well he came through from the back of the grid to run as high as fifth at one point. Um, but he had a loose wheel after his pit stop, so I had to go back in the pits the next lap. Um, he still managed to hang on for a point in 10th. Um, Alonso, being the wily old fox he is, never actually said on the radio, hmm. I think my wheel is loose. He just said, need yeah. to box again. And the team like, oh, well, what's wrong? And he was just like, yeah. need to box again. <laughs> just like in case the FIA were listening, which is... I mean, to, to be fair, they yeah. have said that it seems like it wasn't the wheel not being put on properly. It was something breaking that caused the wheel to be loose. So they say, mm. I'm not 100% sure how much I believe that. But No, me neither. But there yeah, we go. It's, it's very, un- mm. I mean, if, uh, if you've got sort of wheels that are going on 
and then breaking, you've got much bigger issues. I mean, I if you yeah. that, that that's what I'm worried about. If you watch the onboard, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you watch the onboard, it starts wobbling as he pulls out the pit box. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's again. It's there's been some strange stewarding. <laughs> it really this has. Weekend. This, yeah. we've, we've gone into the multiverse of madness this weekend. <laughs> and oh, it's back again. We're back. And yeah, I've not. What the what what? The multiverse of madness is it's like an ongoing theme for you. That is it. Yeah, you yeah, definitely, you mentioned, definitely that mentioned that last time. Before. Have I referenced that? Yeah. Before? yeah. Oh no! More, oh my more god! Than I'm, once. I'm, I'm, <laughs> more I'm losing. Than once. Uh, I'm losing my touch. Oh my goodness! Let's use phrase of the season. <laughs> um, I didn't, didn't we name an episode that because you kept saying it. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> sure, we did. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, there's a great gift just popped. Some of the titles we uh, come up with are a lot worse than that. True. Yeah. Um, right. I think that's about um, it. Okay. Yeah. We're stuff. distracting ourselves. Yes. Should we do some awards? Yes. So, yeah. who have we got as driver of the day? Um. For me, if you guys are struggling, I this is again one of those occasions where I think possibly the person who actually got it in the real one might. Get ours as well. I don't actually remember who that was. Schumacher. Schumacher got the real uh, one. Oh, did he? Okay, interesting. Um, by a whisker, probably because all the Verstappen fans were at. Yeah, he. The, yeah, the... he was good. Um, I think Ocon. Ocon was like very quiet and anonymous. Like we didn't see much of him, but he was very good. Um, mm. honestly, for me though, I think it's Leclerc for me. Yeah, like I think he so was. Too. I think extremely with what he had good. To deal and, with. Yeah, dealing mm. with that situation towards the, the end. Yeah, yeah, the that, situation at the end. The fact that he had to overtake the second fastest car on track three times yeah. to win the race. Yeah, and the way he did it was like super dominating as well, yeah. which yeah. I really enjoyed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because everything about this race weekend was about like really really on the nose all about verstappen winning it at the red bull ring yeah there's no like from everything you know from literally like the whole thing was set up for max verstappen and charlotte Leclerc comes along and just ruins the party stewie's 100 that. that guy in the stand in the mercedes lewis hamilton t-shirt screaming his Face just off like this. for Leclerc <laughs> passing the stuff in front of him. Stewie's 100% that guy. That's where he's been. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, I mean, at the time when the official voting was open, I was saying Schumacher just because I was really impressed with how he's been progressing and, and the drive that he put in. But what unfolded for Leclerc for him to have to see out that win yeah. sort of made me change my mind during... So, I I wanted to originally say Schumacher, but Leclerc's situation for the last ten laps, whatever it was, kind of swung me into the Leclerc camp. Yeah, it, I think when you when there's that kind of display and it's just dominant, I think it's yeah. really hard to, especially when they didn't get the actual one. I think yeah. it's you know that's usually like a good reason to give the race winner um, the. Without getting too sort of into the reason, sounds like we've but... made a decision then. Yeah, a rare unanimous have. decision. Unanimous. Unanimous. Yes, this this episode continues to be the one where Stu and Tom 
<laughs> just agree on everything. So rare. It's one of those rare episodes where we're absolutely... Except I'm not really sure we necessarily agreed on the uh, Verstappen thing just then, but then never mind. Um, I, know, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it as much as you. I just... I, I don't know if you actually... See, have you seen that shot of the guy in the Mercedes t-shirt? Just like... No, I haven't, proper, I haven't seen that. Jumping up and punching the air when Leclerc goes past Verstappen. <laughs> it's <laughs> just... It's so funny. It's, you know, it's, I, like, that... it's like it's like being to put it in football terms it's like being a Man City fan and watching a team score past Man United and being like just yeah, thrilled yeah. that your rivals are it's getting that kind beat of like, by someone yeah. else I will admit I did scream suck it <laughs> <the time>. <laughs> 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 nice anyway anyway uh, move of the day um, I mean um, the, the, my I don't know if it can necessarily count as move of the day, but like one of my favorite things that unfolded was the five driver just melee into mm. what was it like turns one, then three, and then it was like almost a whole four. lap. Yeah, one and three. It, well, it was one and three. It was one and three were the main yeah. features of that. It turned. It was. It was about. It was just three wide like, with two behind into turn one, and then by turn. Yeah. <laughs> By turn three, it's like what well, all just an absolute yeah elbows out. Like, who's what's going to happen? How, here? You're you you're kind of waiting for the five car pile up yeah. at that point. I, like, yeah. How were yeah. five cars that close together on lap twenty two with no safety cars? <laughs> how is yeah, that even? Yeah. And, yeah. And how did Crazy. Norris come out on top of it all? Yeah. By the way, because he was like, I know he yeah. was the furthest back of all of them from what uh, I remember. Well, he was like at the back of the little train. I'll, I'll tell you how. <laughs> one of the best things about Lando Norris is his racecraft, and that was just him reading a situation and placing his car extremely well. Yeah, I mean the, the way I'll take that. The way he straddled the outside of turn three as well was like that was sort of a bit of precision driving for me just yeah perfectly on that sort of yellow raised curb thing that sausage curb whatever you want to call it but like not so much it compromises his line just enough to get yeah. the traction off it and get out of that turn three ahead of most of them so yeah it was i mean for, for me that was that was it that was sort of like that little battle unfolding fanboying over norris but i don't know <laughs> <care. laughs> now nah, the guy's legit he's now here's a quick question Who's better, Lando uh, Norris? Who no? Who's who, who will who will win a championship shoot sooner, Mick Schumacher or Lando? Oh, Norris, hundred percent. Cars out of the equation, Norris. Yeah, because because obviously if they put Schumacher in a championship winning Ferrari for five years and the McLaren just goes backwards with Norris in it, well, like, yeah, it's well, yeah. I mean, that's why it's a complicated question, isn't it? Yeah, but. Cars in aside, real in, a, in the real world in the real world. I mean, in the real Norris. world, I would still probably say Norris because I think Schumacher's got a lot to do to get in that Ferrari and be the lead driver for a championship in it. A long yeah. way. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. agree with you. I think it was a silly question. Um, um, <clears throat> I'd like to give. Him so, nom- have we got a move? move sorry, we do a move of the day still, aren't we? Um, I want to nominate Alonso for. Wagging his finger at <laughs> Sonoda to give him a telling off for squeezing him off the circuit yeah. as he's overtaking him. No, 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 no. That's what it was. Not saying. like that. Um, Keeping his like, as well with a DRS open on the grass. Yeah, like, that's bold, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Bold. Like, oh my god, like so sketch. Uh, then there's Russell on. I'm not sure who, but it was in the same corner as Hamilton. Did his move on Schumacher? Oh, um, through like seven and eight. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So both I those Mercedes did the same move at the same point, which was quite yeah. interesting to yeah. see. They must have they must have felt very confident going through um turn eight. I think it's all the more um, impressive for me, for like, Hamilton, given that that's where he crashed the day before or two days before. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think like it was the one move that I saw that, I, and you know, I am obviously, admittedly, I'm a bit of a a little bit of a Hamilton fan. <laughs> I think it's it is the probably the first move I saw that I thought. Yeah, that's probably going to be move of the day, and I didn't see mm. one after that, other than the Russell one actually that that really ticked the box for me. So And like you see yeah. you see passes at turn like one, three and four at this circuit. Yeah. You could go and watch passes there Loads of DRS any passes day of the too. week. Yeah. Whereas through that sequence you don't see moves very often. So yeah, that was yeah. the one for me as well. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll, remain out, I'll remain outvoted. <laughs> mine's like the just the general five car battle that Norris came out on top of. That's big time honorable mention yeah. though, because that was hectic. Like that whole time I'm sat on the edge of my seat just Yeah. Bre- like holding my breath, like waiting for something to happen. And somehow it it all ended up neat and tidy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um next section Tom, you got a sound for us? I have. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? You know what I wanna I wanna get that Without the bleep, but then we won't be able to put it on. No, we wouldn't. The internet, no. not without no. Apple shouting at us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. What we got? Right. I've. Oh, oh. Have I got some things for this? Go on. Yeah. Right. Run the list. First up, Norris, Gasly, Joe, and Vettel all got points on their license for track limit violations. That's not what That's penalty ridiculous. points are for. Like yeah, they we've, exist. We've discussed this many times. Yeah, we've before, done it a million we? times, but they exist to punish dangerous driving. Why yeah. are you dishing them out for track limits? I, I just beggars belief. That's ridiculous. That's so stupid. Yeah, next one. Uh, next one. The top three on the podium all got suspended ten thousand euro fines for because their physios entered Park Fermi after the race, which is something that has been happening for as long as I remember F one existing. Yeah, apparently, yeah. apparently the race notes have been updated since the Canadian Grand Prix to like emphasize that part of the rules even more. And the the sort of stewards ruling from this race, um, it's part of it said. Um, the new procedure is in part to prevent handing over of items to the drivers prior to them being weighed. And as someone in the Discord pointed out when we were discussing this at the weekend, have you seen how many cameras are at a Formula One race? There is no, <laughs> yeah. there's just no way they'd even entertain the idea of trying to <laughs> imagine that, like a mechanic trying like to slip through his hands and like lead weight. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's not like, yeah, yeah. It's not oh, like just the this 70s spanner in your pocket. Where they just yeah. stuck spanners in the pockets to make weight. Ridiculous. <laughs> and then the last one, and this is the one I want to pick, is that the podium graphics had Sergio Perez winning the race for Ferrari, Carlos Sainz second for Red Bull, and Max Verstappen third for Mercedes, which is just, it's like, it's the wrong three drivers in the wrong order at the wrong teams. It's so good. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think they got the, uh, they got the college student placement students it's just to like, do the, uh, it's like a, <laughs> to do the graphics for the end for that one it's back to the multiverse it's a glimpse into like an alternate timeline <laughs> i you know what i don't know what can go wrong for that to happen in that situation it, as, as someone who deals in that it's sort so of area funny. of media I, I that's just such a humongous 
and cocker. Just like seeing Verstappen me, in like, the like Mercedes color. It just looks so wrong. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah. God, it looks gross. It almost makes you want to vomit, doesn't it? I love it. Um, and it's like the the uh, the yeah the 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 stewards turned the Karen dial up to like eleven. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely, like absolutely hot on the the rules, <laughs> which they should be. Yeah, but it just seems like they. They, they kind of did it on the wrong rules. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I mean, typical FAA at the minute, isn't it? It just... Hmm. But it's, they do it just seem... They almost like, seem... It just reminds me, though, of when, like, a referee in the football, like, picks on a player for not having his socks pulled up. It's like, the rules yeah. say your socks must cover your shin pad. It's like, mate, he's just two-footed me and you've not even booked him and you've got a problem yeah. with how high my socks are. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it yeah. just it just smacks of you are focusing on completely the wrong things. Yeah, <laughs> focusing on like yeah the really the nitty gritty rather than focusing on the glaring glaring issues yeah. that already exist. And I don't why though. Like my, that's my question is like on a on a kind of like a semi serious note. Why do you think they're being so fussy this weekend? I don't even know. I mean, it's not. Do you think someone's weekend, got a point to it? prove? That... It's not just this weekend with stuff like being so persistent with the jewelry stuff and like like these these yes i'm not saying that you know there's certain rules that they don't need to get drivers back in line with and be like come on these are the rules let's follow them but just being so like granular nitpicky over the top like the way that they were is just too much i think and they just like they're just focusing in the wrong areas. Um, and it doesn't surprise me that Vettel's walking out of, you know, team brief, uh, driver briefings driver and stuff. Briefings, and yeah. Lewis is turning up to press conferences with five watches on each arm and a ring on each finger. And so just to, yeah. just to make a point of you're being farcical, like they, yeah. they're risking turning the general rules of the sport into a farce because they're policing the wrong things during it. But yeah. then they can't, they, they give five second penalties out at will during a race for like things that are completely spectrums apart, like yeah. pulls apart. Sorry. Strange. So. It has been a very, very, very weird weekend for Formula One race stewarding. It really has. It's just, yeah, it's been, I weird. don't think I've ever known a way other than Abu Dhabi last year. I don't know of, a weekend as weird as this it's like oh or maybe brazil brazil last year was a strange one as well there's a lot of like sort of really odd stewarding going on there that it's just why does it keep happening i don't understand why it keeps happening like do they not learn do they not think do they not take on board like do, are they in a bubble do they even know what people out in the outside <laughs> world are saying about the sport no because this is the fia <laughs> they don't that listen to the outside world in the chat is everything to me <laughs> That violation, violation gift. <laughs> That's it, though. It's just like the running anyway. around just screaming violation of things that aren't important. Yeah, yeah. Violation! It's like, violation! For, like, for all of this and for more serious things we'll get onto, like, this weekend is just, like, for me, it's been everything brilliant about F1 and everything terrible about it. Just all rolled into one, like, three days of chaos, honestly. Um, I'm going to keep this bit light yeah. and I'm going to nominate the wonky graphics, but... Yeah, gra- graphics is like is in true ode to the oh, it makes me laugh so much. 
Like, it is wonky. And it, should be. it is weird. It's so funny. It's mine should be getting right. I think mine's just the stewarding overall. <laughs> I think all weekend it's been bizarre. Like just they've gone into the stratosphere of just mad steward, mad cap stewarding, steward, stewarding, stewarding. <laughs> stewarding, that's you. That's, <laughs> that's what we need in stewarding decisions. Some more stewards. Actually, more stewards. Maybe go in there. You know, get the stewards to go in there and just knock some heads together and just be like, guys, guys, focus, focus here. <laughs> be better. Yeah. Right. So it's. Sorry, what did we give it to? The, the wonky graphics. It's going to go wonky graphics with your honourable mention of the stewarding needs to be better. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to move us on to prediction corner. So it's time to head over there. Um, as always, brought to you by Grid Rival. We'll more on that in a minute. Um, predictions, I mean, Chris, you did su- such a wrong thing copying me on everything. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Well, <laughs> at, 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 at least Chris submitted predictions. That's true. Chris did submit some predictions. We got a point each for Verstappen poll. Um, other than that, we did not do well. Um, overall, quite a few people hit three points. That was the highest score we had this week. I'm just going to quickly run the names because they've all got slightly different combinations. So Aaron Anderson, Ben McInnes, Kenzie Pradana, Stephen Barlow, Catherine Forbes, and uh, Manisha Nabeen. You all scored three points, so you are collectively our top scorers this week. Um, Honourable mention for Callum Outram, who is the only person to get anything for Carlos Sainz's <laughs> position as random driver. Um, Callum went with 19th, which was the closest to his actual red sort of logged position of that's amazing so half a point for callum and only callum on that section um yeah a few people got like perez as the first dnf and leclerc as the winner not many though i must admit not many people went with leclerc to win here it shows how much of a bad influence we have on people saying ferrari can't win here so nobody puts it and then (laughs) and then this happens (laughs) so don't listen to us at least not in that department um, well, I think it shows you how difficult it is to predict. True. I think, I think it's hard, you know, it's hard yeah, yeah. to get it right this year. Like, it's very, very it's an unpredictable season. Very, very true. Uh, jumping over, oh, sorry, no, quickly on the standings. Um, we have a top three currently. Tom Thorne, who's been around about the top all season so far, or for the most part anyway, now tied with uh, Jana Berger, both on 20 points. And then in third place, a little bit behind, is John Murphy on 18 and a half. So... Uh, still close with us halfway through the season, but yeah, Tom and then Yana are starting to maybe eke out a little bit of a gap if they keep scoring points. So get involved, catch them. Yeah. And Pro- um, Grid Rival, what's going on over at Grid Rival? I'm going to go to Grid Rival right now. Um, so this week, our top three were Effortlessly, Team Odors, and Green Lantern Corps. And that puts Green Lantern Call back to the top of the overall standings with 10,763 points now. Uh, Mr. X jumps into second as well with 10,633 points overall. And it drops ID Depraz down to third with 10,569 points. Was that um, Effortless Lee? Effortless Lee, yeah. So many names. That's a yeah. good name. So good. Um, oh my god, there's loads of good users. If you if you join for any reason, join to <laughs> see the usernames. They're all so good. If if you remember in previous episodes of Back of the Grid, I've struggled to say effortlessly Lee, quite a number of times. Um, so I'm glad I got it right this like, week. Like you did just then. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to like 
point out the fact that I used to say it wrong. But thanks for highlighting <laughs> it, Bob. <laughs> um, yeah, biggest move of this week is uh, BT Adash with 41 places gained. So well done to you. Um, and then Effortlessly has also had the biggest jump in team value with a whopping 9.2 million. Oof. I could do with that. Gained. So, Wowza. well done. Well done. Uh, if you want to get involved with any of these things, head to backofthegrid.com. You can register for Predictions League there. Um, check out the leaderboards and so on. And then join us next race in France. Um, you can also head to the fantasy section where there's a link to Grid Rival, as we discuss every week. Um, there's also one to the official F1 Fantasy as well. Um, and um, if you join up to both, you can join our leagues and pit yourself against everybody else. So please do head to the website and do all that jazz. Shall we do some all inbox right. off the back of that, gentlemen? Some I know we've covered Time. some things, but let's rattle through what's left, Time for I guess. Some inbox. It's, yep. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's nice to not have a... Uh, well, nice for you guys to not have to do a whole race preview this week. I actually, well. for a moment, did think it we had to fit in a preview as well. I'm panicked. I know. Yeah, I, I'm kind of glad we don't, <laughs> in a way, because of how much we've yeah. had to talk about. So anyway, let's, let's do this jingle. Loud this week, quite loud this week. The jingles, so's mate. They're keen, they're all so keen. <laughs> keen, yeah, so keen. Shall I go the first one? Go for it. Or do you want to do the first one, Chris? Okay, I'll go. Um, Wayne asks, What do you guys think of the countless complaints of racism, homophobia, and harassment coming from the people at this weekend's GP? And what can be done about it? That's a very, very, yeah, very big question. A very serious, I mean, serious question. As I well. mean, the, the very simple answer is it's not on in any respect, is it? It shouldn't be happening. It's yeah, it's in any capacity. It doesn't matter abhorrent. where, why, any. Yeah, it shouldn't be happening. Um, okay, we should so, like a uh, quick like mention of certainly Mercedes, Aston Martin, and there may be other teams as well who went out of their way to find some of the people who are on the receiving end of it and like invite them into the, the paddock and stuff like good on them for doing that but ultimately it shouldn't be necessary yeah. like fine yeah i mean yeah fine for doing that whatever like turn it into a positive pr thing <laughs> if you want you know do what you like with it at the end of the day no one not a single person should go to a formula one race and feel like they never ever want to go to another one just on a yeah. base level no. like beyond all of that beyond all of the sort of misogyny racism homophobia transphobia anything i think for me especially like i will say right here right now if if you tick any of those boxes then don't listen to this podcast like yeah. i'm not interested in people who have those kinds of attitudes no. in it or, or, you know, on this earth, I don't care. I, I care not for those people. They're they're the scum of the earth. People who have those attitudes. Yeah, it's it's and go, go, go on, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, well, I, I've kind of covered it. I, I think like it's 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 a it's a nasty, nasty minority. I think there was an issue with the crowd beyond that as well this weekend. I think like looking at the. I've been to Formula One races and I've seen like stuff get nicked. I've seen like flags get dragged down from places. I've seen advertising hoarding get taken and all that kind of thing. I've seen all kinds of stuff. But this weekend, the state that track was left in, I have never ever seen same, that. I've to never be fair, seen it was the same at Silverstone the weekend before as well. 
Like it was we, pretty we, bad. Not was no, it? Yeah. it was really bad at Silverstone, just oh, as bad. Was it? Yeah, like it's not. It's not just unique to this weekend. It's unique to the last couple of races. Okay. It's but yeah, in, I agree with you. Like, yeah, fair enough. There's there is an element of ugh, I'm gonna have a laugh and take this advertising hoarding that was on the side of the track. Like, there's <laughs> for me, there's like a weird line when it comes to that. Like, yeah, there is like weird little mementos in things of like like that. But when you're like <laughs> physically you damaging it? the the circuit itself or when i mean i pointed this out for the silverstone thing last week when you're taking a walls ice cream sign off an ice cream van home with you just because what? it was an ice cream van at silverstone what muppet are you to go oh i want a memento from silverstone i'm gonna take this ice cream Stick sign that, that says vanilla ice really? cream yeah. yeah what an idiot that guy that is, is. Weird. And, I mean, and do you know always... what i hope he's a listener and i hope he's just stopped being there. <laughs> What an idiot he is! Yeah. Ice cream well, sign, mate. Are you... Come on. So to, to... Go on. I'll... I'll oh, go. <laughs> oh <laughs> everyone just kind of went. Everyone just well, we got. We, we just had a weird freeze <laughs> moment. Go on, Chris. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> you sort of like semi started to touch on it earlier, Stu, and like it, it's difficult because the last thing we want to do is be like gatekeepy about F one. Like I don't care if you've been watching F one no. since nineteen fifty yeah. or whether you saw a picture of Lando Norris on the internet and thought he was handsome and started watching yesterday. Like, it doesn't matter how you came here. Everyone has the same right to be there watching stuff. But I do think that partially through the Netflix side of thing and also just the way a lot of the media reports on F1 these days, there is a lot of, like, tribalism and this side versus this side to the general way it's presented. I think that's, like, partially to blame for kind of these kind of attitudes and this style of fandom being more prevalent there's there's always been an element of it and there's always been a an element of like my team versus your team or my driver versus your driver and And that spot and that yeah exactly that's just supporting a team or a sports person or whatever that's just kind of what that is but again there's like there's like a line in it isn't there where like for for me, if you're really a proper fan of a, a sports person, a team, whatever, you can have the humility to sit there and say, do you know what? Like, so-and-so was out the line pushing that person out of the, out the circuit. Like, that's a penalty. Or, you know, a football team, like, that goal was definitely offside. It should have never gone in, you know, whatever. Like, doesn't matter what level it's at, a proper fan can have some humility in... Oh, I've got lucky. We've got lucky with that. The team's got lucky with that. Whatever, or like, you know, that was definitely like a slam dunk penalty decision. Whatever it, the context is, and if you're not like that, you're not a proper fan, in my opinion. Like, yeah, we can all have opinions and we can disagree and we can like. I mean, me and you, Stu, are a prime example. I think we we argue and bicker about like the ins and outs and you know, the, like the nitty gritty of things, but ultimately yeah. we'll both hands down turn around to the other and say, do you know what? Actually, I think you might be right here. Like you've yeah. opened my I mean, eyes to something that I didn't have, have the context before because I was being too blinkered. 
we've had massive, massive disagreements on yeah. this podcast and then afterwards text each other and said, Oh dude, you know <laughs> I'm glad I've got I'm glad I've got you to talk about this too because we can have a serious conversation about yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Passionate conversation about it. And you know you're talking to someone else but you, who, you talk who really cares. Yeah, exactly. And you're talking about the situation without it being yeah. personal at any point. Exactly. And too yeah, much yeah. of this turns personal on the internet. Like the the internet's anonymity can't even say that mm-hmm. but like that that sort of persona personalist i can say what i want element of the internet it's the leads, unaccountability of it. yeah and leaves people unaccountable and i think it's slowly unfortunately creeping into like real life culture of well i'm at the, this event this one time this year i'm never going to see that person again so i'm going to call them a whatever it's like no, it's not on. It, it doesn't work like that. You can't yeah. go around calling people whatever you want because you think you'll never see them you're, again. You're totally right. Like seeing some of the stuff that's come out of that crowd this weekend, it was like watching Twitter come to life and it's just yeah. miserable. And, you know, like in terms of what can be done about it, F1, I think, needs to take a leaf out of the book of many other sports, which is you identify the people and you ban them for life. Like it has to be Mm, that black and white, that simple. Um, And I think the problem is like for F1 to really look at this and really acknowledge the problem and do something about it, there needs to be a bit of introspection as well. Cause like grid girls weren't that many years ago. Like it's all right saying how inclusive F1 is these days, but like it wasn't that long ago. And as, as much as this is like in the public eye right now, it's always been there to an extent like under the surface like yeah. f1 historically has not been a particularly welcoming place if you're not for the most part a middle-aged white dude that's going to buy a rolex like that's all f1 really cared about for decades um, yeah. i mean to a degree like they kind of you know they're pretty much for the money comes from the middle-aged white dude well yeah and for rolex. so the still longest time that's a all huge part of f1 a huge part of F1 is still aimed at that guy, man. Like it's not, it's not changed that. Much. Yeah, it still like is. They've opened it out. They've opened it out a bit. They've done a Netflix Netflix series and happened to get like a bunch more fans from it because it's a bloody good show. But at the end of the day, like when you like take that away, take the Netflix side of it and take the sort of the social media side of it away and look at the rest of Formula One, it's still white dudes buying Rolexes. Yeah, like, they, they did. They did. We race as one. It's just words. Like, what have they actually done? To I mean, that it up, is when they don't follow do it like up a little exactly. Video? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they don't even. Well, they don't even use that anymore, do they? Oh, I don't see it anymore. Hmm. If they do use it, I've not seen it in a long time. Yeah, I think like That's someone in the chat entirety, has just I think. sort of just some. Yeah, someone in the chat has just said um, something really kind of like that sticks out to me and um they said i paul d i wouldn't call these people fans and i think that's like yeah. the, the key yeah, like completely. the the people who are like going to formula one races and doing these things are not really true what i would call a true yeah. formula one fan i think like it, and, and everyone's got we've had this discussion before on here like everyone has a different opinion on this i guess but like for me my sense of a true formula one fan is someone with someone who is inclusive someone who loves the sport above all else i think is is a really and i think that's a really important factor it's you know if you're a formula one fan you're someone who likes to watch things go like like to watch things racing each other (laughs) at the absolute 
best that they can, yeah. like the, the absolute peak of any form of racing. And then after that, you're a fan of a team, you're a fan of a driver mm. and you know, you enjoy the sport from there. I think everyone just loves to see a real true Formula One fan loves to see good racing, which is why yeah. the three of us are not even a fan of, not even primarily a fan of any of the, other than maybe Norris, that five way fight we were talking about just a bit ago. That is some of the best Formula One I've ever seen, and that is what I'm a fan of. That's exactly. what I yeah, yeah. see more of. I don't yeah, care. And the, I don't care the, who the bi- like is the winning. byproduct. The byproduct for say me, for example, is one of the drivers that I have the closest affinity to at the minute in the current grid is the one that's come out on top. So yeah, it's like a bit of a double win for me. Is I was entertained for that portion of the race, like massively entertained, but it didn't matter who it was that came out on top. It was just great racing. It's just a fortunate byproduct for me that one of the drivers that I'd support closer did come out on top. So it like just adds a little bit extra to me. But yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered if it was like I mean, it could have been Latifi for all I care coming out on top. Like, yeah, even it could be that, that, Do you know what? It could be, a battle, be even it more be amazing if it was 20th. Latifi. <laughs> yeah. It could have been the back five just scrapping yeah. over nothing and it would have yeah, still been entertaining. Place. Yeah. yeah. It would have been rad. I would have, I'm all about well, 16th place. I would have been all about that. And yeah. that, I think that's the, the, the people who are doing these things, that's not them. Those yeah. people are there. Be- well, I don't even know why those people are there, to be honest, but they're not there to be a Formula One fan to watch a great race. Yeah. They're there to get smashed and to sort of, they're, they're kind of like, it's that, I get the sense it's kind of like a stag do kind of, maybe like it, it looks that it's like a party. The, the only people that I've ever known go to a Formula One race to get smashed and still be fun are Finns. And I think you two might remember the... Or the risk of generalizing. (laughs) No, but I mean, I I am generalizing, but they go and they get hammered, but they have a good time. I have had some fun A lot of other people get hammered and get nasty, whereas the Finns are just like, they don't care. Like As long as Bottas was going, I mean, remember all the years we've been, as soon as Bottas came past, it didn't matter what was going on. They were just like, come on, Madrid. Like, (laughs) or when Kimi came past, like, it's just fun for them to be there having a good time. Some people take it yeah. way too far. Like, again, not trying not to generalize, but like that sort of football match mentality of you are the enemy. This is this is tribal. Yeah. I'm going to drink till I fall over and smack you in the face if you don't agree with me, kind of. And yeah. that's got to stop. That it bit just, of it has got to stop. There's no place for that. No. Um, so th- this brings, sorry, Chris, this brings us on to like, the, another important part of this question is what can be done about it? And um, there's kind of like, um, it's difficult in Formula 1 because in a stadium, like in a football game or in a, a soccer game, if you're in America, or in a rugby match, you've got a whole stadium there where every mm. every inch of it is covered by CCTV and yeah. you can see what's going on yeah. the whole time. And, and I think... Assigned a seat and so on. Like, there's, too, yeah. there's a lot of general admission at F1. It's very different in that yeah. kind of environment. So it's, it's a lot more difficult to sort of identify, short of reporting mm. the individual who's been the victim reporting to the stewards what's happened or the, the security, what's happened. It's it's very 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 difficult for them to really implement a solution and to catch them and to have unequivocal evidence that mm. something bad has happened. Um, and a lot of these kind of things are, are also, you know, that it's one person's word against another. So again, it's a very very complex 
scenario where you'd like to think that no one would make that accusation but the other side of it is if you know if you can't prove that that person's done that other than mm. saying well, they've I done mean, it then where does that leave you to back that point up sadly i've literally seen stories today of after mercedes had a couple of people in the garage people pretending they'd also been victims of stuff to try and weasel their way into the oh, so you're totally right like sakes. as soon as yeah, you start I mean, trusting people's yeah. words it's not all of me. And, I think, and i think that's the problem with like you know turning it into a positive pr thing the way yeah, because um, then Aston Martin and Mercedes it's, it's kind of encouraged. It's then encouraging people to make false reports, mm. which I don't think is necessarily the best. Not helping. Yeah, the I situation, think probably is they it? might. They and I, I know the intention's good. I know they were just trying to do a good thing for someone who had a really bad experience, and I totally understand that and I appreciate it. And it must have been a wonderful experience for the people who got it and and probably turned their weekend around. Which you know, if you're saving a fan who's never going to return, then that's that's admirable. But bigger picture, you do get things like what Chris has just described happening. And I don't necessarily, without turning us into LBC, I don't necessarily think it's like the best approach. I mean, it might be like a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to something that's happened when really they might have been better off just, this is one of those rare occasions where they might have been better off just sort of shrinking off into the distance and maybe just having a little bit less involvement well, in this at the very least do it or without not. publicizing it so much yeah not yeah, publicizing yeah. look no, what don't turn it into a social people. media yeah. brag yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, do it yeah. for them offer them that but yeah. don't be letting everyone know yeah. that it's happening um but you know the, the the biggest solution to all of this sorry chris the biggest solution to all of this is is to report it i think if if mm. you're ever if you are at a race and if you are a victim of this kind of abuse and it is abuse you've got to you got to go and find a security and tell them and point the people out to them yeah. and you know have have the have the strength to to go to confront this person using security yeah and get them booted out because there's no space yeah. for it it's, no. it's not a sport for it no it not no there's no space for it in sport full stop never mind it's not the sport for it i yeah. started watching formula 1 years and years ago because i did not like the tribalism of football mm. and what's happening yeah. slowly in formula 1 is you get in this it's turning into it's turning into <clears throat> that yeah. and like to to piggyback off what you're saying about security like again it's kind of anecdotal but it doesn't sound like there was that much security at the circuit this weekend and i've heard yeah. the same thing about silverstone yeah. like without going back to what happened on the first lap at silverstone like anecdotally i've heard that security there was fairly lax and security is a thing that the circuits have to pay for and you know if f1 is serious about fixing problems like this maybe it's another thing like we were saying earlier about the marshalling where actually if you're going to do this properly as a sport you need to stick your hand yeah. in your pocket a little bit more yeah or, or make the circuits more responsible for it. Yeah, that's what they need to do. But then the, the concern is that the, that 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 gets that then gets reflected in the price of a ticket, and that means yeah. that less people can go and see it, which is again a bad thing. Well, it, it, dep- it depends because if if F one take the responsibility, like Chris is saying, it shouldn't get reflected in the price of a ticket because it's a circuit's ticket price. If they force the circuit to do it then yes, it'll get reflected in a ticket price because mm. the circuits will justify putting the ticket price up to accommodate for the increase in cost. But if F1 Look. actually dealt with it themselves and provided either a security budget or security staff that travel with the sport and like supplement a local 
circuit-based team, whatever it might be, that would go some way to help him with the problem without mm. affecting ticket price by circuits going, oh, well, we've had to you know this extra security. There's, there are mean, other, I've just thought of another solution. And there yeah. are other solutions, wristbands, man. So I've just been to Glastonbury like a few weeks ago. And when you apply for a ticket at Glastonbury, you have to have your photo is on the ticket. So your photo is uh, identifies you. Um, mm. When you get there, they take the um, end of your ticket and you get a wristband. It's got a number on it. Like each wristband has a number on it. And I don't know what happens in the in the background, but like I I I, I wonder if there's like your your wristband is attached. Your ticket is attached. Yeah, to they must yeah. they must assign the ticket to that wristband number. Yeah, so there's culpability there. Yeah, and I think the problem mm. that they had at this race is there was no culpability for the people who were doing these horrible things. And as soon as one and or two people start get getting caught, away with stuff, just just, no just emboldens everyone else. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. it's really it's a, it's a situation of of culpability and being able to identify people and keep record of who yeah. who's there, who's doing what kind of thing. You never yeah. see any trouble at Glastonbury ever, ever, ever. I can't think of a time that has been sort of anything really, you know, bad things happen. Bad things do happen at festivals and, and there's stories, but like you, there's never been sort of, I've never heard reports of like any of this sort of behavior at a music festival like Glastonbury. So no, same. I feel like, yeah, there are solutions. We, we, look, we can go on about this all day. We've already done too long, I think, on this because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dark topic and it's not nice and we should probably move on from it. But yeah, the, the solution is accountability. There needs to be more accountability yeah. and, in and the crowd at Formula One. Ultimately, this need this has to be the low point now. This has to be as bad as it gets. And yeah, yeah. it has to be the turning point, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It has to be. The catalyst of change. Right, should we quickly do the rest of the inbox? Right, next one. Finish. Uh, yeah, next... we're going to have to rattle through this because we've done nearly two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kilowog asks, what do we think the ceiling of Haas is if they have been upgrading the car and still allegedly have a major upgrade coming at Hungary? Are they a threat to the McLaren-Alpine midfield duel? I think they could be. I mean, they were a threat to, they were almost a threat to Mercedes. At, well, at certain times, they were a threat mm, to Mercedes yeah. in this race. They beat them in the sprint race, so... Oh, they beat Hamilton in the sprint race. So um, what's the ceiling? The ceiling could be could be Mercedes territory, I think. I don't think there's much more than that. Well, I think they've, they've jumped themselves to seventh, haven't they, with the result this weekend. They've, so they've leapfrogged Alpha Tauri. And were they behind Aston Martin before the weekend started? Or were they, were they already ahead of them after already, previous? So, yeah, so I think they moved... A, Maybe above Aston Martin last weekend and then Alpha Tower this weekend. Um they're not that far behind Alpha Romeo, realistically. It's like what, fifteen points or something like that? Is there's not much in it. So I mean the the trajectory they're on, I would say sniffing at Alpine and McLaren. Yeah. I, I think mean so. they've they've yeah, outperformed definitely those fair. teams to a degree this weekend in different in different places. So I I think they could interject themselves into that top five fight. Yeah, I, I I don't see any reason why not. I think if they can keep keep up the trajectory, then why not have a have a Mercedes Alpine pass battle for the mm-hmm. rest of the season? Why not? You know, why not give them get them fourth, fifth at the end of the season? I think that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Tom, do you want to do the next one? Yeah, Imposter Nikki and Garrett have both got similar questions. So uh, one was, uh, there are rumours that McLaren is considering sitting Ricardo. Do you think there is any truth behind it? I doubt they would, but they uh, but do they think... Sorry, but do we think they'd do it mid-season? Um, and then Garrett also said Piastri or Sargent for Williams in 2023. Piastri seems obvious, but Sargent is Williams' own. So why wouldn't they let him in if he has the points uh, come on his license next year? So, like, essentially, that mid-season, silly season, our drivers being replaced vibe at a couple of teams yeah. um, at the moment. So there's, there's two things that have been going on in the last couple of days. Um, one, allegedly, one is fact. The alleged one is that um, Piastri uh, and Mark Webber is his manager have been sniffing around the paddock and potentially talking to McLaren about Piastri replacing Ricardo next season. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, if that did happen, that would put him out of the picture for Williams. The other thing that's happening, mm-hmm. which is fact because it happened today, is that Colton Herter has been at Portimao driving last year's McLaren potentially yeah, in preparation for him doing an FP1 session this year. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, time will tell, but lots of potential moving parts there. Um, as for Sargent, I will say he was so good um, over the weekend in Austria. He's just really coming into his own. Logan Sargent is a, yeah, he's he's one to watch for sure. I mean, in, in... Garrett's question for Williams is a little bit more long term. The Nicky's was obviously a little bit more. Could we see McLaren dropping Ricardo this season? I still want to sit in the camp of. I don't think McLaren are the kind of team that would no, do it during the season, so. but yeah, it does certainly feel like they're building more towards moving drivers around. Whether Ricardo stays in the McLaren program and you know has a season in IndyCar or something and staying yeah, in the contract possibly. with them is is another thing. We've talked about that before. In terms of the Williams thing, I feel like it's inevitable that Latifi will get replaced at the end of the season because I don't feel like Williams are as like um, pay driver dependent as what they were in previous guises. Yeah. So I think that getting young talent in the car alongside Albon, who's performing well, is the best thing for them. Um, and to be brutally honest, I'd kind of be happy with either Piastri or Sargent for Williams at the minute. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I wouldn't mind which, but I would like to see some young blood get a, an opportunity in that car next season. Yeah, I'd take either of them. Yeah. Yeah, nothing much, nothing much to add to that one for me. Um, final one this week is from Jeff S. And he asks, now that Ferrari have won the last two races... Do you think they have a renewed shot at at least one of the championships? Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. They've started doing what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. Like we've, we've had multiple conversations where what they needed to do is stop Red Bull being able to run away and Max specifically being able to run away with points. And they have, they've put a bit of a turn on that and, Swung the momentum a little bit and like at least, or at the least, flow, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've at least stopped Red Bull's momentum. They might not have completely swung it yet, but they've they've put a dent in Red Bull's momentum. A, a circuit like we've already talked about that Red Bull are always expecting to do well. That that is 
that's like another team beating Ferrari at Monza kind of win yeah. for Ferrari that. Yeah. Um, not that Ferrari have been particularly good at Monza this <laughs> no, no but like from a from a mentality perspective of like that's where Ferrari always want to win like a season where they didn't win a race except Monza would still be an okay season for Ferrari <laughs> because they've won at home like at least in years gone by so but yeah but I guess my general point is Ferrari doing the right things other than having cars blow up that's the, that's the thing that they've got to fix now is stop the cars blowing up and yeah. stop they, the engine issues. They need desperately, desperately. Get on top if, of that. if they're going to win this championship with either of the cars, they absolutely desperately need some reliability. Now that number two driver, if dare I say it, whisper it, number two driver, <laughs> now that Sainz mm. is, is up to speed, they've got everything they need. The car's got the speed. The drivers are, are in form. They're quicker right now. And they really, really, really need to take advantage of it. They need in this two weeks to find some reliability so they can really, really turn this championship around and, and get, get back on track because they're not quite on track yet. They, they, there's signs of it and they, they did dominate um, this weekend. The, the Grand Prix, they dominated. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they can keep that up and they can keep, like we said earlier, if they can just keep chipping away at it and um, get, into, get to, say, Japan with you know get get it sort of all square by japan then we're in for a real you know real ding dong of a season but don't still don't count out mercedes either because there's some rule changes so some technical directives coming in that are going to level the playing field i think even more and bring it even more towards mercedes because it looks like ferrari and red bull have been doing a bit of weird flexible plank stuff yeah which well, has been kind of not they're just mean, the media there's, there's, the a few, media. there's a few teams that have um been pulled on it i think yeah yeah and ferrari, red bull mercedes next week though yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah we'll say tune in next week for that but um yeah, we not everyone. I think it's quite. I'm still sort of getting my head around all that as well, so it's difficult to really kind of like give any proper commentary on it. But from what I can tell, it's like something to do with skid blocks and then a flexible floor as well, and the skid blocks yeah. are somehow disappearing over the course. It's of very range, interesting, which, you know. It is interesting stuff, and it's it's coming up in next episode. So I think yeah, if if that's... if anyone is not aware of what we're talking about, by the way, wants at least a little bit of an insight in the meantime find ted kravitz somewhere on the internet because he did a uh like a, a some a, an interesting piece on like just the summary of the general what teams are attempting to do and how they're attempting uh, you know how they how they're achieving it um yeah and went into it in far greater technical specification than i think any of us would yeah, so I'll do. We well, we'll do. do some research this week, and next week we'll hopefully yeah. come back and try and yeah, get, we'll dig get into something together for you and see if we can properly explain it. Yeah, because it's an inter- it's a really really interesting subject, and it's something that's yeah. not really ever come up before. So it's there's territory there for to have something really interesting to talk about. So yeah, um, we'll leave it there for now. Um, thank you very much for joining us. We've got some shout outs to make. I think we've done. Ah, God, I'm doing a really bad job of this. Um, thank you to all socials. the patrons. And Patreon, social media yeah. uh, it's, it's been a while guys it's just a few <laughs> weeks since i've done one of these um yeah social media you can find us on all the internet uh just search for back of the grid we're on facebook twitter instagram um obviously we're on podbean and spotify and all the usual places because you're listening to us um and yeah catch us next week well we, when we will be back to preview the french grand prix en français 
We will see you then. Goodbye from me and goodbye from these two. Bye. Bye, everyone.